today we're going to carry on in our series on uh, future proof. I call it future proof, um, just for us to be able to think about 2023. We've talked a little bit about in the first uh, Sunday back. We talked a little bit about um, wisdom in the age of AI and artificial intelligence. AI and the future of tech is a big part of what's going to shape, is already shaping the world, is already shaping our lives. And so how do we as Christians or people believe in Jesus, how do we respond? And then the second week we talked, last week we talked about our relational spaces, about like the circles of trust. Who do we invite into our circles of trust? Who deserves to be close to us? And what if we've got some people close to us who don't deserve to be there anymore? Is it okay? Can I follow Jesus and say I don't want to hang out with people? And so we recorded them. Johnny did a great job. We recorded them and we put them on pods. So every, if, you manage, if you're not here on a Sunday or if you miss a message, you should be able to pick up the message on a, on a Monday if it helps you. And also send it to your friends because um, we're going to be trying to tackle things that are really important in culture and society and in our lives as well. So today I want to talk about forgiveness. And I think we probably need to probably at least once a year talk about forgiveness. And I'll tell you why. It's a sneaky little rascal forgiveness you think you've mastered it until you haven't right what does Jesus say about forgiveness why is it a big deal I know there's a bit of pushback in society and online we shouldn't forgive people we should we shouldn't like it's not it's not a thing we should make them responsible for their um what they've done and I want to talk about what forgiveness isn't and what our responsibility is in terms is what Jesus says but then why is forgiveness such an important um thing to our Christian health and I, I, I looked at the 10 most asked questions about forgiveness and I've tried to answer all of the 10 most asked questions about forgiveness in this message because my wife works in social media and she says to me you can't just talk about things you want to talk about you have to answer questions that people have got because the pub the church should be a public service so why should we forgive here's some I'm going to get into the scriptures, but these are the reasons that Jesus says that we should forgive other people. Jesus forgave us of the junk that we did wrong, and he wants us to do the same for others. I will explain that. When we forgive others, we stop our enemy gaining an advantage in our life through bitterness, revenge, isolation, or hatred. I'm going to talk to you about my own story with those sorts of things. I have a tendency towards anger, bitterness, revenge, because my personality type, I do not hide. Uh, thirdly, forgiveness is essential for our own freedom and our future. I'm going to argue that case from the Bible this morning. And then when we forgive, when this is really crucial for those of us who've been hurt, we've all been hurt in relationships. When we forgive, we can learn to trust again and build new relationships. Man, there's some spaces in my life I need new relationships. But if I come to these new relationships with this old bitterness or this old way of thinking, the chances of me repeating myself or repeating my choices, do you know people like they date the same guy or they date the same girl? You think, what is it with you? Hey, it's, it's neurological. We've got to stop and rewire. We've got to stop and examine what got us there in the first place. And so um, we're going to look a, bit, look a little bit of that in the Bible. So let's look at what Scripture teaches from Matthew this is Matthew, uh, well, Jesus in the book of Matthew. This is how I want you to conduct yourself in these matters. If you enter your place of worship and about to make an offering, you suddenly remember a grudge a friend has against you. Abandon your offering. 
Leave immediately and go to this friend and make things right. Then and only then come back and work things out with God. Wow. I don't know if you're like me. There's been times where I felt like there's somebody on my mind I need to apologize to. Usually if I'm praying to God and God will remind, like say me and Claire had a little ding dong or more recently it's been me and one of my sons because we're very similar and we ding ding each other. And um, I'll be like, God, I'll just finish speaking to you and then I'll speak to them. And this is saying, no, no, speak to them before you speak to me. Isn't that amazing? We try not to sleep on things if, if, if we're upset with each other. Um, I was a little bit short with my son the other day and uh, I knew I was. And so I went back into uh, my study and I thought, ah, oh, right. And I did that thing where you know you have to apologize. <sighs> it's just like a splinter, you just gotta do it. And so I went and said, look, I'm really sorry. And he said, look, don't worry about it. And I said, no, I need to apologize for what I did. And that's what this passage is saying here is the way that we um the way that we we are always to be looking for opportunities to be in peace with each other we are always to be looking for making sure that we're doing our part to make a relationship healthy but sometimes you can do all the things that you should do <laughs> and stuff just goes down the toilet have you got any friendships like that i don't i don't know i don't know what else to do i threw everything i had at this <laughs> i then i'm empty we're going to talk a little bit about that as well um this is so relationships are really important to God uh, not just with him vertically but us horizontally as well and that's why we want to be a church that apologizes when we get things wrong that builds in safe relationships with each other and allows each other the grace to grow and to heal as well all right thank you Amy um this is a beauty and this is important for those of us who feel who've been taught maybe that anger is bad Paul is speaking to a church in Ephesus, which is in Turkey, and he says, go ahead and be angry, and you do well to be angry. Like, we've talked about this in church, how it's important to recognize your emotions, to even give voice to your emotions. Like, the book of Psalms is full of opportunities for us to bring our emotional self before God and say, that guy really wound me up, or that situation's really bothering me. Go ahead and be angry. Anger is my... Some of you are like, you don't get angry very much. It's my first emotion. <laughs> so this says, it's all right, Matt, you can feel angry. Feeling angry is okay, but here's what I want you to do with it. Don't use your anger as fuel for revenge. Darn it. I was so hoping I would get away with a bit of light revenge. I do love a bit of light revenge. Just let, you, let your hair down on your car tires. Some of you are looking at me like, What? Don't say, I call it, uh, it's the de I've got this Denzel switch, Denzel Washington switch. <laughs> Fellow Denzel fan. You know, most of Denzel Washington's movies are like basically loner. Guy, guy goes, um, you know, something bad happens to him or people he loves. He plots their downfall over about an hour and a half and he does some absolutely outrageous things. And one of my favorite, one of the things I've always had this, I'd love to be able to do this. There's this uh, film called uh, Equalizer, which my kids just think is hilarious. And um, he blows up, uh, there's this guy who's like, he's a pimp and they're, they're a Russian kind of um, crime agency. And uh, basically, he basically booby traps all the oil and, and he just lights the match and just walks away like it's like oh man the thing's blowing up behind him he's not even looking back 
because he's so cool. He's cold. And I, I've always had, if I can use the word fantasy, I've always had a slight fantasy about some of the situations in my life that I could just blow up. And um, I know some of you don't have that fantasy, but it's like, yeah, I'd love to blow some stuff up, get some revenge. And there's a sort of fantasy about it that it is, that is not how revenge works. And that is not how God's justice works. And so when we invite God's justice into a situation that we've been hurt by, and we choose to forgive, we hand over our responsibility for that to God. Maybe you're going through a situation that is in unjust and you're looking for your own way and you've got, you've got some schemes and I get it, I'm with you. But our opportunity in inviting the forgiveness, going on the forgiveness journey is to say, Jesus, I hand the responsibility for the outcomes of that to you and I trust you to restore what's been destroyed. And I promise you from personal experience, there is, and the Bible, there is nothing, nobody restores like Jesus. For 18 years, I had a stronghold of anger in my life. When I was uh, 19, I got robbed at gunpoint in Liverpool. It was a terrible robbery, really bad robbery. I was, talk about cognitive dissonance, talk about, I knew I was getting robbed, but in my mind, I was coaching the guy who was robbing me on how to rob me. He wasn't holding his gun properly. I was sort of freaking out emotionally. And he stole 67 pence and a plectrum from me because you gotta be really desperate if you're gonna rob students, right? I was a student at the time. And um, what happened was off the, off the back of that, I went into a sort of like first degree trauma thing, went spiraling, got really, really angry, got really, really triggered, stopped going out of the, ha stopped going out of the house and, and stopped going to church and stopped doing all the things that I love to do because I was so, angry and then I got bitter and then I didn't realize I had a problem with anger until really like I had it all through my adult life and then until I was working at church as a pastor and I, <laughs> I lost my temper with my colleague and I nearly I threatened to hit him and my cognitive brain my, my prefrontal cortex was going you if you hit him you're going to be fired which is true my feelings were so out of whack. I, I just had such a stronghold that I, I rationalized it in my mind. And so I went to somebody in church for help. And um, I went to a friend of mine called Mike. And I said to Mike, I'm in trouble, man. I'm going to lose my job if I don't get this under control. And he said to me, well, have you been thinking about anything lately? Has anything popped up? And I said, yeah, I keep thinking about the guy who robbed me when I was 18, 19. I said, I, I, I'm like... 30-something, and I said, I don't know what that's got to do with anything. He said, okay, well, let's just chat about that for a minute. He said, how do you feel about this guy who's robbed you? I said, oh, he's an idiot. And then he said, well, okay. I said, well, he's an idiot. I said, what would you do if you saw him? I said, oh, put him on the floor. I'd just punch him. <laughs> and I had this totally rational way of thinking about it. And then he made a really concerned face, which let me know that that probably wasn't exactly what I should be doing. But I couldn't think in another way, I was just told, I was so like entrenched with this stronghold as this is what I would do to this guy. And he said, Jesus loves him. I said, awesome, like I don't, but it's good that Jesus does, that's fine. Like, I'm glad Jesus loves him, I hope he does. I don't have to. He says, yes, you do though. I said, no, I got a massive argument. I, he said, Matt, you, you need to forgive him. I said, no, I don't wanna forgive him. If I forgive him, he'll get away with it. That's what I said. And he said, no, you won't. If you forgive him, you'll let yourself off the hook. You won't let him off the hook. You'll let yourself off the hook. And he talked me through this lesson of forgiveness. And 
and he told me that forgiveness, we're going to come on to it, is an absolute stone-cold choice. You don't have to feel anything. It's so helpful. And what was amazing was, as he sat with me, he was really kind, he was really firm, and he said, look, the Holy Spirit has something to say about this situation, and Jesus wants to help you with this. And I was like, I don't think he does, Mike. I'm, I, I don't think he's that bothered. And he's like, he's totally bothered. He's really concerned that this thing is eating you up. And so uh, he led me in this prayer, which we're gonna, I'm going to give you the example of. I'm not going to have anybody pray it today. You can take it away and pray it in your own time. But what happened for me was such a release of frustration and anxiety and such a, like an emotional response to this thing that I'd been carrying. And it sort of set me on a really beautiful healing journey of choosing, learning to choose to forgive people, learning to put boundaries in place so those keeps your inner Denzel out of the way. What's the next slide? Thanks, Amy. So this is what forgiveness is not. I know it sounds counterproductive. We've, what is forgiveness? Yeah, but let's talk about what it isn't so that we can talk about what it is. hope that's okay. Forgiveness is not forgetting it. I can still remember the incident of being robbed. But I tell you, the difference for me is I don't have the emotion that I used to have attached to that thing. I actually do feel compassion about the guy who mugged me, but it took me a while to get there. So you don't forget so forgive and forget, that's, that's not a thing. That's not in the Bible. That's probably not even in society anymore. But it was a thing when I go, oh, just forget about it. You can't forget about it. It doesn't work like that. It's not putting up with sin. So it's not putting up with rob me again <laughs> to teach me a lesson. If you're in a situation that's like you're repetitively having to forgive somebody, like think about putting a boundary in place with that person, Jesus did it. We talked about it last week. Jesus put himself a boundary between him and other people who are unsafe and unstable. It's totally fine to do that. It's totally recommended to do that. It's not seeking revenge. We've already talked about that. It's not the same as reconciliation. So just because you forgive somebody doesn't mean you have to be best mates with them. For me, if, if you've done something to sort of betray, I've got a couple of relationships. They just moved from there to way out there. And you're going to have to talk. It's a long walk home for you. Like, I'm not, I'm not opposed to it. I'm not saying it can never happen. But I'm saying it's on you, bro. Because, because I can't, I'm not opposed to reconciliation. But I'm not seeing anything in your life that's led me to believe that you want to reconcile. And you're unsafe and unstable. And I, love, I do actually love you and I want the best for you. But not here. It's totally fine to do that, by the way. And it's not a feeling. Oh, so many people I've chatted to over the years. I don't feel like I can forgive them. I don't feel like I have forgiven them. And I'll say this to you, I hope it sticks, but right feelings will follow right actions. So you behave your way into right feelings as a Christian. You choose something and then the right feelings will catch up. So this is what forgiveness is. It's choosing to live with the consequences of somebody else's sin. Oh man, this guy who robbed me, I can't forget it. It's there and I have to live with the outcome of it. And so forgiveness helps me start on the journey of how do I live with this thing that's just happened? How do I live with this terrible boss who I used to have, who's such a strange person that now they're coloring even my decisions today. I still feel their influence around me. Well, we have to accept that that's always going to be with us, but that we can choose differently now. 
There's no, there's no shame about what we've been through. There's no judgment from God in a horrible way, but there is. I got, I got to live with it. And so you need to be around people who understand that journey. I said to Mike, when he asked me to forgive the guy who robbed me, I said to him, can't, I don't feel like it. He said, you don't have to feel it. I said, all right, but I don't want to do it. He said, okay, but you, you know you need to do it for your own health and for your well-being and for what Jesus has asked of you and because he's got healing up ahead of you. So, yeah, but I said, can't I just be overwhelmed by forgiveness? Is this some, can you inject me with forgiveness? Is there some way that you can put your hands on me and pray for me to somehow have forgiveness? And he's like, no, it's a choice. It's like that health and fitness stuff. Take the calories away, God. Lord, lift this kettlebell up to my chin in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, be lifted up. <laughs> Doesn't work like that. And sometimes what happens as Christians is we, we don't do what is our responsibility to do and we ask God to do what he's asking us to do. Now, will he help us make a decision? Of course he will. But here's a, there's so much of Christianity is, you go first and I'll follow you. That's God to us. You take the choice and I'll follow you. <laughs> Forgiveness is like that. I used to have to think, I, honestly, I must have spent 18 years waiting for the magic to happen. <laughs> and I, I've learned, I feel the same about the gym some days. Oh, I need magic to happen. I need magic to happen for me to get out of bed and go to the gym or for me to eat porridge and not eat three pieces of brown bread with three pieces of brown bread with peanut butter and jam. And oh, I just, Lord, magic it away. Take away that thought. No, you have to choose it. Stone cold choice. <laughs> I wish people had told me that when I was younger. Forgiveness is an opportunity to surrender outcomes to God. Like, honestly, honestly, God, this sucks. I am broken. I hate this. I hate that this has happened, but I choose to forgive them for what they did to me. You need to make it right. That, you've placed yourself in such a powerful place. For me, I went on a big journey of like therapy and still get like coaching and a bit of therapeutic help honestly I wouldn't I'm almost grateful for what happened so that I learned what I learned from it I know that's maybe tough to hear for some of you and I get that it's a starting point for your healing journey that's right here's a just take a screen grab if you want to or I'll drop it in the group chat and I invite you to do this and then I'll tell you some funny stories about some people that have told given me permission to tell these stories ask God to reveal the names of the people who've offended you and the specific wrongs you suffered. Take a list of names to God and pray it like this. I forgive so-and-so for what they did. So you don't have to say, I ask you God to help me forgive. Nah, just choose it. And ask God to get involved in the process because sometimes I tell you some of the people we need to forgive more than anybody is ourselves. And you have to forgive yourself in the unknown. You didn't know what you know now. Some of the things that I chose when I was younger, I didn't know any better. And sometimes I did know better and I did it anyway and I still have to forgive myself. Why? Because Jesus has extended forgiveness towards me. And so when I choose to receive Jesus' forgiveness, I say, your will for me, your value that you say I'm valuable to you is more important to me than what I say about myself. 
I don't feel forgiven. I don't feel worthy, but you say I'm worthy. So I'm going to choose you and receive your forgiveness. Yeah, but I've done this thing 15,000 times. Receive the forgiveness of God. Go again. It's the love of God that changes our hearts. It's not the judgments and the rules and the regulations. It's the love of God, the goodness of God that leads us to repent and change. And so I'll tell you a funny story about my friend where we did this uh, exercise, a group of us in, uh, in church and <clears throat> he came to me afterwards, he's really concerned. And he said, I've been praying and I feel like God's asking me to forgive Americans. I said, mate, that's like 300 million people. He said, I know. He said, I realized I've had this attitude about like all of America. I was like, mate, what's the matter with you? Dude, are we, how are we actually friends? I mean, that, imagine the weight of that in your life. That's outrageous. Anyway, <laughs> it's so beautiful because, you know, he, 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 he just obeyed what God's asking him to do. He said, forgive the Americans. Forgive them. Like, let, let me give you, says God, my perspective on this group of people. Let me help you overcome it. Let me teach you how to love uh, these people <laughs> with the love of God, not with your own love. I was laughing so hard at him. I was like, fair play to you, mate. That's powerful. So I'm not going to ask you to do it now because we, you know, it's not appropriate. But take it away. And if it helps, uh, we'll say a couple of things. Esther and myself and an, uh, another lady were on a, a, a training course on Friday as part of a kingdom company called um, Trauma trauma-informed churches and there's some things that happen to us in life that are beyond this stage by which I mean a simple prayer of forgiveness is only the beginning of our healing journey and that's what happened to me and so there's not I'm not trying to say to you this will fix everything in your life I'm saying this can be the beginning of a healing journey that God wants to take you on and this for me was a starting place of, oh yeah, let's keep lifting the lid and finding out what else Jesus wants to help me with. So I hope you get what I'm saying. I'm not trying to say, just forgive everybody and everything will be fine. I'm saying it's a beginning and it's something that Jesus invites us into. I, I have a friend or a guy I know in Japan who's planted loads of churches in Tokyo. A lot of the Japanese people have no awareness of who Jesus is. And he teaches them to do three things every day. Um, one of them is read one Bible verse. The second thing is to pray the Lord's Prayer. And the third thing is forgive everybody at the end of every day. And you'll be, he says he's amazed at how people are just doing the simple things and how the, these guys with no awareness of God, they've got no history of church, the activity of the Holy Spirit in their life is really strong. So let me pray for you and then we'll close. I hope that's helped you guys. Um, it's one of them things we'll just keep feeding it in. If you've got questions, come and chat with me. If you want to know more about the robbery, I'll happily tell you about it. If you want to know more about therapy, I'll happily chat to you about that. But we are committed as a church to be in a place of... Um, churches have often been places where things get worse. <laughs> <laughs> it's supposed to be safe, but it's getting worse when I go to church. And we want to talk. We've had a little bit of experience of that. And we want to help this church to become a really genuinely safe place for people to not be all right. Is that okay? Jesus, thank you that you're, you're absolutely okay with us being human. And I pray that you teach us to be okay being human. You are the champion of people on the outside. You are the 
boss of everything that was ever broken and you know how to restore it. And so I ask you to do that for each one of us. Help us to make smart decisions in the choices and the friends that we have in our lives and help us to uh, forgive people easily. Help it to become like a reflex that we do uh, really, really well because it pleases you and because you ask us to do it. We ask this in your very strong name. Amen.